Schooling is one of the few experiences majority of Americans share. Yet how much do we really know what goes on behind the scene? And what's up with cafeteria lunches? I team up with developmental psychologist David Yeager to explore the personal side of education by speaking with superintendents. I'm Andrew Kim, and I consider myself an accidental superintendent for the past 15 years. So grab your lunch money and welcome to Lunch Duty. Adam Ivey, I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Now, uh, as you and I were just talking, um, I came into this profession accidentally. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a great mentor. He's, uh, gosh, I think 80 years younger today uh, around that age group. And uh, But to he, uh, his name is Dr. Ron Kalos, and he's, he's the one that got me into it. And so uh, as a result of that, I just – I didn't even know what a superintendent did, to be quite honest with you. You know, when I first started out in Dallas ISD years ago. But uh, enough about me there. Now, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Lufkin, Texas. I went to school at Pollock Central, which is a 3A school district. And I think it's the only 3A school district in the state that still doesn't have football. Is that right? I, I think so. How is that possible? Uh, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's they still don't have it. So you didn't play football? Uh, I did not. I did not. I played basketball. Um, I tried to play baseball a little bit, but I was not very good at it. But I'm 6'8", so basketball was my thing. And uh, I loved it. Uh, And so I went to school at Stephen F. Austin. Met my wife there. She's from Nacogdoches. Great. Uh, And um, strangely enough, I was going to go to law school. And I actually did go to law school for about two weeks. (laughs) Um, Moved to Houston and everything. And uh, got there and came home um, and told my wife, uh, you know, I'm not going to be a lawyer. And I already have my teaching certificate. And so I went to work in, at Johnston Middle School in Houston ISD uh, as a teacher and a coach there and uh, spent a year there and then went out to Katy for eight years. Now, you told me a great story about your basketball coach. Yes. That kind of uh, – was he the first guy who encouraged you to uh, get into this? Well, okay. So strangely enough, the, my, my high school basketball coach, um, was, his name was Wes Jones. Wes, I want to say – Two years after I graduated from high school, I found out that he had gone into uh, administration. He had moved over into a different district in, to be a principal. And I remember calling and talking to him and saying, why are you doing this? And I thought you'd love being a coach, and I'm going to be a coach, and I would never want to be a principal. And he just sort of laughed, and he said, well, you know, sometimes things change, and, you know, life changes, and, and I said, I'm not ever doing that. And so I went in, I coached for eight, you know, but actually I think I was in Katy, I, I guess, Maybe about five years. Basketball. Um, yes, coaching basketball. So you didn't coach football. football. Oh, you did no, coach I did. football. Oh, yeah, I, co- I did. Actually, I learned to love football. Um, you know, Katie, of course, they have a great, you know, tradition of excellence at Katie High School. And so I, I coached at a junior high there. But, man, I learned a lot about it. And I really love football. I love coaching football. Um, but uh, about five years into that prospect, uh, one of my um, my principal then um, uh, called me in, you know, and, and he wasn't, uh, you know, he was a different kind of principal. You know, he's the guy you don't want to make eye contact with in the hallway. <laughs> uh, old school guy. Right. Even the, te- even the teachers didn't want to talk to him. Um, and, and he said, uh, he said, Ivy, he said, you ever want to, you know, retire comfortably and, and uh, not have to worry. You need to get out of teaching and go be a principal. And he said, I think he's, and he didn't think much of, of, of some of the, the people in the profession, I don't think, but he said, I, th- I think you can handle it. 
What a um, great recruitment line, by yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, so he was my, he was our principal. Now the assistant principal there yeah. was a man named Lacey Freeman, who um, was very encouraging, you know, so he really kind of helped me uh, through some of that and encouraged me to, to, to go through it. So I went and got the master's degree. Was uh, that something that you recall he said that was different than perhaps the principal that you was, uh, you were, you felt a lot more, you know, I, I think it was, it was, it was a, a confidence thing, I think, you know, that someone like him thought that that I could do this, mm. that I that I had what it took to do this, mm. um, and and you know he he told me that uh, he you know he saw good things in me, um, and then right there at the end of my my uh, time in Katy, Mister Freeman had mm. come to Buffalo, Texas, to be the junior high principal. I see, and he called me and said, "Hey, we have a high school assistant principal's job open." Is that uh, is that how you came? That's to how Buffalo? I came to Buffalo the first time. Yes, is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I made the move up here, and, and Mr. Freeman uh, helped me. I wasn't here very long, and I went over. I spent some time in Lufkin, the Lufkin area. I went back and worked at Central, where I went to high school mm-hmm. as a high school principal there. Um, and then, uh, so somewhere along in that, my time at Central, um, uh, my one of my other mentors, a principal, the superintendent who was there at the time, uh, Dr. Alan Garner, you know, he said, Adam, I said, he said, uh, you need to you need to go back and get your superintendency. And I kept, saying, I don't want to be a superintendent. I have no desire to do that. I'm I'm good right here. Um, you know, this is where I grew up. I can, you know, I can just yeah. stay right here. You know, and, it's interesting. You said something. I've I've heard this before. A lot of former coaches moved yes. into administration. Yes. Is that something you still see today? The uh, I would I would say I see a lot of coaches who who show that they they know how to communicate with people. They know how to communicate with kids and build relationships, um, and and they they have a, a knack for you know figuring out how to get things done. Uh, and so I would tell you in a minute I'll tell you you know why I think that is so important and, and how me being a coach was was kind of one of the things that that helped me along. So uh, I've seen a lot of other people make great great principals. I mean, people who've been ag teachers and band directors and just classroom teachers. Yeah. But I would say way more than half were probably coaches. Yeah. And, and I don't have that data to show it, but no. I, I would say just in my perspective, that's kind of what it looks like. Well, uh, what were you going to say though in a minute that you, well, uh, well, let me, let me finish this part of this. Dr. Garner told me, he said, you need to go do this. And so I said, okay, well, I, I decided I'll go ahead and get it. You know, two other guys at the school was, were working on that also. So I said, that's okay. We can ride, ride to class together. And we did that. Went back to SFA. This is back when you still had to actually go to class. Yeah, right. Um, Show up on Saturdays. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Remember yeah. those days. Didn't have no online classes at all, <laughs> yeah, ever. Right. And then. All of a sudden, you know, this, this I start applying for jobs. Of course, in the meantime, I also did a stint over at Latexo High School, where I was a high school principal, and I was the uh, assistant superintendent. Well, I didn't really, they didn't really need an assistant superintendent at a two A school, but my good friend Don Elsom had said, "Hey, come over here and do this job for me. I'll make you the assistant superintendent." Nice. And so I uh, started applying for jobs, and I applied for Thorndale. That's that's where yeah. I went after. Yeah. Uh, and whenever I I didn't know anybody west of I-45. I mean, I had nobody. So I thought, there's no way I'm getting this job. No interview. They called me for an interview. I went in. It was just a, a hit right from the beginning. They called me back, and I got the job. And so the, what I would tell you is that my first day yeah. of sitting in that chair, yeah. I, walk, I was sitting in there. I shut the door. I'm like, oh, my God. What have I done? Yeah. I don't know how to do this job. <laughs> I don't know. What am I doing? <laughs> and I remembered, you know, remember the – the, the advice I'd gotten is you don't have to know how to do it all. You just have to know how to find out what to do. <laughs> and so 
you know, I started calling my my mentors. You know, Lance was actually uh, my mentor superintendent, Lance yeah, Johnson. Lance Johnson. Uh, he was my mentor superintendent uh, so many years ago. Um, a little I, scary, by the way. Lance yeah, Johnson yeah. was the one you called, but go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, I had a whole network of people that I called, you know, other superintendents, you know, people who've been doing it for years. I've got, you know, because there's. Because there's not a book about this there's job. There's not. There's not. Right? No. I mean, I, I learned something new every hour uh, probably that first year as a superintendent. Yeah. And, and since then, I probably still learned something new almost every day or at least once a week. I learned something new I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, I like the fact that I can be that that for other people. Yeah. You know, and, and so I have, I have collegial relationships that I have developed over the years. I went to the Thompson leadership Academy yep. and with Dr. Bob Thompson. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, so uh, I would, and I got a shout out to Dr. Rich Elsasser. He, yep. He's the yep. region director at region 13 yep. uh, and Mike Holland at region yep. six. Both of those two guys have been integral in my success. I call those guys still yep. almost every, every week or so I call yep. one or the other of those two guys and uh, it's the same thing with me, Adam. Yeah. Uh, my mentor, Dr. Kalos, I, I had lunch with him the other day. And, you know, one thing he told me years ago was that when you stop learning, that's when you probably need to get out of the job. Sure. sure. You know, do yourself a favor and others. And yeah. that's when you want to probably want to say, hey, no mas. Yeah. Is that what to say? Definitely. Once again, that's a that's a high school uh, yeah. bell yeah. here because we're at Buffalo High School here, home of the Bisons. Uh, why Bisons, by the way? Uh, you know, you know, honestly – I I just know that this area of Texas used to be yeah. prevalent with bison back in you know the 1700s yeah, 1800s true and so I honestly don't know who chose it it's just yeah. you know that's what they chose uh, years ago um, there used to be a a rancher around here that had some bison that he kept but I actually don't think there is yeah. any any left now I think one of them's hanging on the wall yeah. down there you know um, Adam as I was thinking about what you're talking about Thorndale um, then you're coming over here to Buffalo yes. What's, what was the transition like for you? I mean, you know, obviously you had to, you probably knew some folks that you were here before. Yes, I did. And and here's what happened with me. And I've been in, in Thorndale seven years and, um, you know, I really enjoyed Thorndale. I yeah. thought it was a great place. Yeah, it's a great community. Um, it, it's, uh, it's one of those places that they have a lot of success uh, in a lot of different things. Um, and so I was, I was able to be exposed to a whole lot of different things, being close to Austin also, you know, get, I got to be exposed to a lot of legislative issues and, yep, um, and had, had some good mentorship in, in that area. And honestly, you know, my parents, I really was hoping to get closer to them. They live in Lufkin still. I and I tried to get them to move over there, yeah. uh, but they just weren't interested in that. They've got other, yeah. my other, my sister's in Lufkin and she's yep. got little ones. And they were not going to move away from them. Yeah. And so I started looking. You know, so I, I need to need to make a move and get closer. And so I I did some applying uh, about a year ago now. Is that right? And started interviewing. And and then when Mr. Freeman, who was here, right. I saw him at the TASA midwinter, and yeah. he said, "Hey, I'm retiring." I thought right then I said, "I'm, I'm going to oh, apply for that." It. And and uh, you know, I did a lot of praying about that. My wife and I believe you know we have to have to seek God's will. Anytime we we you know yep. make a move like this, and yep. so we. We did that and um, decided this was the move to make. And the, the people in Thorndale were supportive. They were. They understood completely because they they all, you know, are very family oriented and they almost all have family there. And so yep. you know, they understand the importance of that. Yep. And so I was three and a half hours away yep. from my parents and, and they're, you know, so they're getting a little older. And so and I got I got had to get back closer. When you moved over, was there a new challenges, new aspects of the job that uh, you, you, you know, because yeah. seven years at Dordendale, you probably were thinking like, hey, maybe I got to hang on this. Yeah. 
and then all of a sudden you got a new situation. So the difference is the first day on, my, on the job here, I didn't sit in my office and go, I don't know how to do this job. Um, <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that experience was, has been invaluable, you know, just the everyday things. And there's different things. I, you know, what I did learn coming in is, okay, we have some different processes and different procedures, sure. um, you know, different, you know, different ways of, of doing a purchase order, different ways of, of, uh, you know, tracking data, yeah. you know, things like that. And yeah. so, you know, I came in knowing that this was a good district. Yep. I didn't, I didn't need to make over, you know, overarching changes to start with. Yep. And so I got to know people, hmm. you know, I sat there, I met with people, I looked at processes and procedures. Sometimes I would say, Hey, let's talk about this. I think that, you know, there's a better way to do this. Yeah. And, but I try not to make wholesale changes on things that were, that were working. Yeah. Um, and so that way I, I could build that relationship rather than come in and be somebody that's, that's uh, just nitpicking everything and tearing things apart. So, um, you know, we've made a few changes here sure. and there, things that I think, yep. you know, could, could have been better, but you know, it was in good shape, you know, it was, and that's part of the reason I decided to come here is I really wasn't looking to overhaul, overhaul a place and this just fit all my boxes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's been great so far. I met one of your assistant superintendents here. Yes. And I'm sure you have other staff members in your what, what's known as a cabinet, right? Yes. Or yeah. your senior level folks. Yeah. Um, how do you go about interacting with that group? And how is it coming from Thorndale to here? Um, you know, I mean, how did you establish some level of communication or well, trust? And so the, I guess the first thing is, and I've kind of always been this way. I, I um, I don't go to my office till about nine yeah, thirty or ten. You told me that uh, every morning. I, I really don't. Um, so, and I because you're at a golf course somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. That's, it, that's it. I even I even joke about it. So they wouldn't even know if I was just staying at home in the morning or playing golf. Um, but no, I, I like to be out on campus and, yeah. and talk to people. And so I would say, for the most part, I probably talk to every one of my principals every day. Hmm. Um, you know, with very few exceptions. And then, um, then my assistant. Uh, superintendent Tina is she's just fantastic she's invaluable yeah she she really is is awesome with you know with data with yeah I mean she just takes on a lot of things I mean half the times you know I might have had a parent come by to see me and she'll have intercepted them and have taken care of it before I even know about it right and so I think opening those lines of communication, you know, we try to meet every two weeks with we my, and I call it just my leadership team. Sure. Um, as a formal meeting. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, I have a, on my, one of the dry erase boards in my office, I have a, uh, the spot just for leadership team meetings and anybody can come write a topic on there. If they're, if they're, if they come to my office and they know we need to talk about something, they'll, I mean, they, they'll tell me about it, but they can go and write something on there. And uh, that way we always have that ability to, to do it. And, and, I, and I thought about using a, you know, just a Google Doc for that, which we use for so many things. But sure. there's something different about about using that yeah. method so that, yeah. you know, they know they can come in and do that and it's open to them. Is that something you learned or you just kind of did it on your own or um, you, you know copy that somewhere? Or? Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, it's probably something I've learned yeah. over, over the years. It's probably something that, that someone has told me. Um, but uh, I just I just want them to feel empowered to do that and to talk to me about things. Um, I think that the couple of times in my career as a superintendent when I've gotten in trouble is when people didn't feel like they could talk to me about issues. How do you overcome that, though? You know, because, you know, you you do you do hold a position that is yeah. considered to be top accessible sure. political position sure. in the community, right? Sure, absolutely. And so how do you make yourself – I mean, obviously, you're out and about. I mean, you're right now not dressed in a suit. You're wearing the – 
the bison herd, you know, shirt, right. a nice shirt and all that, and walking around here with tennis shoes on. So maybe, I mean, you look very accessible. But I'm wondering, how do you go about man- managing that work? I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's about being there. It's about um, being visible, uh, talking to people, getting to know people, um, you know, learning about them, remembering those things. You know, t- you know, if someone had a grandmother that's sick, you know, just remembering, asking about those things and developing those relationships so people can see you as a person and not just, you know, the, the hired gun that comes in to yeah. run the district. Yeah. And that just goes for the whole community as well. I try yeah. to go to ball games. I, you know, it's hard. That's the hardest thing is going to a new community yeah. is, is learning all the people's names. Oh yeah. And some people I already knew. So sure. I had a little bit of an advantage mm-hmm. here versus somewhere I've never been before. That's right. But I'll, t- I'll tell you the secret. Um, it's even harder when you don't have kids in school. Um, when you have kids, they are your gateway That's to, right. to meeting people and learning names. It's true. Because they talk to you about things. Yep. You, know, you know their friends. You know yep. their friends' siblings. You know their friends' parents. Uh, and so, man, it was easier. Yeah. It's a little harder. My, both <laughs> my kids have graduated already. And that that's yeah, little, you're not at the Little League games anymore uh, and, you know, things like that. Yeah, so, so it's a little bit more challenging. The birthday parties, maybe, you know, get to meet some other folks in that way. Yeah. So but, but you do miss out on that the way. People, the, the kids here, so I came in the first thing last year and I started trying to get to know kids, um, you know, right away. And so I went, I did some interviews with, with some of the kids that do, or, you know, things like this. They do podcasts. And, yeah. and so I did some interviews and talked to those kids. Um, and then just over the course of the year, I just try to stop and talk whenever I can. I'm like I said, I'm in the hallways. Yeah. So you know, they, they, they know who I am. Hi, Mr. Ivy. Um, you know, especially elementary kids. Yeah. You know, if they see you at Dollar General or, you know, Butcher yeah. Brothers, you know, it's always, Hey, there's Mr. Ivy. <laughs> you know, you're like a superhero right. to those kids. So by, right. I would say this, if you ever need to have a good day, go to elementary school, walk down I know. the hallway and they'll it's make a, you feel it's awesome. Great. I, I loved, uh, I did all three levels in my career and, I did love the high school kids because uh, the conversation you can have with them is fantastic, I thought. And they knew um, some ways we could always get better, mm-hmm. better than perhaps I ever did. Yeah. So I always relied on that quite a bit, uh, the high school students there. Um, because you're walking around to schools every morning, um, my guess is that you've been around the cafeteria and the lunchroom. Oh. And, you know, this this podcast is called Lunch Duty for a reason. Yeah. Um, what's your best lunch duty story that you got going on these oh, days? Man. Or you have. Okay. So I will tell you this. And my, mine's sort of an, I mean, overarching. Well, I, there's some stories I won't tell on here of things that I've seen at lunch. <laughs> yeah, me lunch, too. Lunch I got one too. And somebody uh, yep. <laughs> stood up on the table and did something they shouldn't have done, but some video. So. Oh, no. Uh, I, I would say I, I'm a middle school guy. So are you really? I, I am. So if you told me today you have to go back and oh be a principal, gosh. I'd say I'll take middle school. It's funny you say that because I would do a high school. Yeah. I did middle school and I can I, middle school was the hardest one for me. Really? So oh, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what it is. Most of my career I taught junior high. Yeah. And so I just I, I identify with those kids best. Even now I coach uh, UIL impromptu speaking uh, wow. uh, for sixth, seventh and eighth graders every year. I always have ever since I became a principal and I kept it going. That's great. As a superintendent. And so I just like that level. So here's what I would tell you about lunch duty. I am immune to a noisy cafeteria. You know, sometimes I'll be sitting with somebody in the cafeteria and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so loud. I'm yeah. like, 
really? I don't even notice it because I, it, you, when you've been in it so long, I mean, I carry it. Well, I still have here. I'll show you. I just, I've never stopped this, but I, I carry a whistle. You carry a whistle, coach's whistle. Getting in, you know, that's the best way to get their attention real quick in the cafeteria. <laughs> just one quick blow on the whistle. Um, and you still do that. I do. Well, I haven't done it much this year. Yeah. I, well, I you got principals to do it. I, so occasionally I'll go in and, and sub in for a junior high PE class or something. And so that's why I keep the whistle. Um, and I, I enjoy doing that. But uh, I think that, you know, I just, the, the noise just doesn't bother me. That's interesting you say yeah. that. It's interesting you say that because I never thought about that because you're right. It is noisy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. is uh, quite a bit. Um, but I never thought about that. And, Boy, my middle school experience as a principal in middle school in Dallas ISD some time ago, great place. Yeah. Love, love JL Long Middle School. But oh boy, lunch duty was really difficult, I thought. You know. I just always felt like that's the one time of day they get to be a little loud, you know? Yeah. As long as they're you're sitting there eating, you know, yep. not running around and yep. you know, acting crazy. I, yeah. you know, I'm okay with a yeah. little noise. Yeah, yeah. I always say that there's good noise and bad noise. Yes. And I think good administrators yes. know the yes. difference between good noise and bad noise. And you can ways. tell, you can hear it. You can it's, hear it. It's an escalation. You can hear it's yeah. either it's either it gets real quiet, yeah. or it gets real loud in yeah. one spot. And yeah. you know something's happened, or yeah. somebody knows something's about to happen. Yeah. And so, yes, I, you can target in on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've talked about that quite a bit. Um, I got to tell you, um, it's uh, interesting because Lance told me about you and. Uh, just by being here, talking with your teacher, your principal, uh, you have a really great situation here. It's really good that I got to meet with you, and I appreciate it very much for that. Oh, um, any, you know, there's a lot of new folks who uh, been former basketball coaches now trying to figure out if they should be a superintendent or not. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have about this profession now? A lot of people would say they don't want to do it because they want to, you know, they want to stay in the role they're in, they're comfortable in the role they're in, or, you know, they want to be around the kids. And I would say all, overall, you, you can continue to affect the lives of kids and, and you can affect the lives of more kids uh, in this role. Um, but you just have, you've got, once you get into it, you got to find a way, you got to be intentional about being around the kids and the teachers on a daily basis. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, sit in your office all day, every day, uh, no matter how busy you are and you never connect with those kids and they don't know who you are, yeah. um, that won't go well for you in the community. It won't go well with you for kids, for teachers. Yep. Um, you you got to do those things, get out there and, and interact. Yep. Yeah. I like the word intentional. I think uh, sometimes we overuse it, but that's exactly the key word. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I appreciate it very much. It was really great to meet you and I uh, certainly want to come back. Right. And uh, man, I got to also thank your uh, high school principal for giving me one of these uh, baseball hats. All right. Yeah. And I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Adam. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lunch Duty is produced by David Yeager and me, Andrew Kim. We thank the Lates Development Studio and the Texas Behavioral Science and Policy Institute at the University of Texas at Austin for their support. Thank you for listening, and please join us for our next episode of Lunch Duty. <laughs>